Welcome to Rock Harbor Church's channel on Sermon Audio. We hope this message is a blessing to you and helps you in your daily walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please, settle in and grab your Bibles. Here's Pastor Brandon with this message. So what we want to address tonight in our current events and uh, prophetic scenarios is that I think it's starting to, to be a reality that the church starts, is starting to need to draw a line on this LGBT+. Plus transgender agenda and the grooming of our kids. Um, for too long, the church has been silent and not saying anything about it. And it's come to the point that because of the silence, they're now grooming kids. And um, more and more churches are caving in on this because of persecution. They don't want to be called names. Uh, they don't want to be seen as hating people. They don't want to be seen as homophobic, anything like that. And that's not what's really happening. The ha- what's happening is the fear of telling the truth. Uh, I mean, for goodness sake, Philip Lee comes to our church. Do you know why Philip Lee comes to our church? Because we're, all, we're the only support, uh, support he really gets out there. Because none of the churches will support him. And what is Philip Lee's ministry? He helps people get out of the gay lifestyle through Jesus. And yet he can't get any help from the other churches. They just don't want him to speak. They don't want him to, to talk about it. And they, they think it's a political issue. It's a spiritual issue. And it's a serious one. Because as Philip Lee will tell you, there is a way out. That's why it's called his way out. There is a way out of this. And how these people can be rescued and saved. And through the, the power of Jesus, you know, you know, get out of this. This horrible, destructive lifestyle. But... You must understand at the same token, there, it, in that sense, that's helping the individuals who, who want to get out. But then there's the agenda, okay? And the agenda is being pushed politically, whether it's through politicians, the globalists, or whatnot, to move in this direction because it's meant to destroy Christianity or basically the foundation of Western society, which is the Judeo-Christian principles. So when, when I get on the topic on a Sunday morning or even a Wednesday night, I am not gay bashing. I am going after the political agenda that seeks to destroy yeah. children and people's lives. That's the distinction you always need to make. I mean, so we have Philip that helps people get it out and we promote that and we're doing it even right now, but I'm going to go after the agenda, especially what I saw with the Kern High School District and that teacher doing what she thinks is right in her own eyes and grooming children without parental notification. Okay, so is this a big issue? Yes, it's everywhere. Florida Pride event includes Kids Zone featuring drag queen, okay? This is what I'm saying. This is not some bar in San Francisco where adults can go and it's just for adults and they can do their own drag queen thing. No, no. This is now spilled out into kids. So in this Florida uh, parade, a pride event, sorry, they had a section where teenagers could go and question uh, the drag queens. And then they had a children's place where the children go and question drag queens. And okay, what kind of information do you think is coming out of the drag queens? Okay, it's grooming information. Okay, we already know this about drag queens. Most of them, statistically, are child molesters. Okay, we already know this. The stats prove it out. 
So this is not like some healthy grandpa having kids sit on his lap like Santa Claus. These are people that are perverts. I'm sorry, it is what it is. And so even Philip Lee will tell you in our church, if you ask him, what's going on with the gay agenda versus the transgender or the uh, RuPaul uh, or the, you know, the whole drag queen stuff? He says, man, that is a, a subset that has always tried to latch on to the LGBT agenda. And that subset is so diametrically opposed to what even they're doing but it's always tried to latch on and it includes pedophilia. Like he's, he's telling me over lunch, it's, it includes NAMBLA and stuff like that with this. So what's happening with the transgender movement, they're trying to attach themselves to the LGBT movement and there's plenty of even LGBT people that are against this as well, okay? But this is what happens when you let an agenda go too far. It becomes unmanageable. And it starts affecting a lot of people. And this is now the point to where our society is now going to have to stand up and say, no more. No, no, you, you're, you're touching our kids and you're messing with them. We're done. Okay, so you have that going on. Vimeo censors documentary, uh, documentary about parents protecting children from transgender surgeries as hateful conduct. You see where it's going? So when we oppose that these children shouldn't be mutilated, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be lopping off uh, and having total mastectomies or changing their genitalia to a female to a male, which is nothing but the Frankensteinism, uh, you come against it and they're saying, we're the hateful ones. They're the ones chopping up the kids. That means you're evil. You're on the level of Dr. Mangala or worse. You're like a Nazi doctor doing experiments on kids. One thing that was good and I saw, and I, I don't know if this will pass, but state, state of Virginia House uh, of Delegates has introduced a bill called Sage's Law with the aim of protecting children from groomers in schools and sex traffickers. So here's what happened to this poor girl named Sage. The girl, the girl's school, Okay, counselors, principals, administrators encouraged her to live as a boy, okay, after she adopted trans ideology as a way to fit into the school. So this was all done by the schools without parental knowledge, okay? The girl tried to use the boy's bathroom and got beat up in the boy's bathroom. But the school officials just kept telling her, you're a boy, you're a boy, you're a boy. Then she ran away and was sex trafficked, okay? The stupid judge the immoral, evil judge at the hearing, um, basically to get, to, to get her back, insisted they call her by her male pronouns instead of who she really was. So the judge was in on this whole thing too. Then they put her in a boy's home where she was abused further. She then ran away and was sex trafficked again. Then her radical lawyer wanted to use her as a cash cow all the way to the Supreme Court and hid the letters her family had sent to her trying to get her out of this. So the whole idea was the school, the courts, her own despicable lawyer were all pushing her in this direction. She got sex trafficked several times and every time they pushed her into the boy's locker room or bathroom, she got beat up 
or raped, okay? And this is because people have an ideology or an agenda and they don't care about morality. They don't even care about the kid and they pushed it all the way, including the court systems. So the, the Virginia House of Delegates wants to introduce a, a law called Sage's Law, um, which cuts off these schools and these judges from doing this to people. I don't know if it's gonna pass, but you can see why this is happening when they do this to a child and the parents have no clue this is happening. No, and the, what is the deal with the lawyer holding back the letters from the family? I'm, I'm telling you, this is real deal stuff, okay? It's happening, okay? Now they produce Sims games. Um, these are video games, and they're gonna do a new update with the option to make a teen character non-binary transgender by giving them a double mastectomy scars and chest binders. Yeah. So on the game you play, these kids play, this is the characters you can make. You know, and you do, you do the, the non-binary, transgender, chest binders, and you can do it on the game as you create your character. So everything's feeding into these kids, okay? You notice the target is the kids, okay? And of course, the non-binary uh, teacher um, who's did this at Del Oro. And we talked about this last week. So here's what we're doing. We're going here on February 6th, 7 p.m., okay? I need you to be there. And uh, I know Terry, Terry said he was going to come. But get there at 6.30, Terry's saying, okay? Okay. Okay. So they hear the crowd. So there's 100 chairs inside and then... There's, they'll have a screen outside. I, I would like to flood the area, and I want you to wear your Rock Harbor shirts or what if you have a Rock Harbor hat or anything, because I want them to feel our presence. Uh, I'll, I'll do the speaking. Probably Terry will probably say something or anyone else at once, but we have to get there about 6.30. Uh, you have to fill out a speaking request. If you're going to speak, I'll speak. I know Terry said he's going to say something, but uh, anyway... I'm going to do it very politely, and I'm going to bring this up. How, how can this make a national news? And she says it's her job as a public service to protect kids, and sometimes they need protection from their own parents. I'm going to, I'm going to explain it, and I'm saying she's out of line as a teacher. She is, she, whoa, what was that? The demon. Um, <laughs> So we get all kinds of opposition. Sometimes it's in the, 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 the audio. So anyway, um, we're going to say, we're gonna, I'm going to ask them, I think you need to develop a policy that prevents teachers from pushing any ideology. Because um, I can't remember, and like I told you, she's, she's part of, I can't, it's not on here, but on the other slide, um, a very radical left-wing group, Okay. So my thing is to them is she needs to teach whatever subjects you guys have mandated to her to teach and not teach anything beyond that, okay? And the fact that she's keeping secrets from parents and this is happening in a classroom, if she can't control herself, I think she needs to be dismissed and I do believe that she needs to be disciplined for this and possibly fired, okay? So I'm gonna make that plea. I'm gonna do it in a respectful, gentle manner, 
but I want them to feel us, okay? So I need you there. So this is the, the, the place, boardroom located at AEOC, Administrative Building, Kern High School District, Sundale Avenue. Uh, get there at 6.30, and then the meeting will start at 7, okay? All right. Yeah, go ahead, Robert. So, so I wanted to piggyback on something else that's happening at the board meeting. Um, sure. There is an open board seat, and there is a, a woman on there who is hoping to get uh, put in who is a Christian woman, um, so she needs to be supported as well. Great. So um, I, I can't remember her. I think it's Jennifer Gonzalez. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, Jennifer Gonzalez. Jennifer, Jennifer Gonzalez. Gonzalez or Gonzalez? Gonzalez. Yeah. Okay, so the interview of, of, of her, Jennifer Gonzalez, you can go on KNZR, listen to the interview she had with Terry, and find out a little bit more background, but this is what, this is what we need. We, more, we need more Christians on this board to stop this nonsense. So, and, and, and Terry, uh, there's a few more Christians that, uh, that have got on there, right? That, yeah. Ty Zinger. And Scrivener, Kathy Scrivener. Yeah. Good. Thirty thousand kids. Okay, very good. So it's it's an impactful thing. So again, we're hoping that our appeal to the Christian characters on that board will hear us and understand it. You know, we're just gonna speak calmly and nicely, but we're gonna say, this is a problem. This is a major problem. This shouldn't be happening in our schools because it also made national news. And that's something they can't ignore. This wasn't kept local. It went to the New York Times first and then Fox picks it, picks it up. So it's national, okay, it's a problem. And so we wanna, we want to get this stopped, okay? So anyway, and I, I like this, um, this, this thing that came out that children are not missionaries or pawns in the culture war. Get them out of the public schools. And I think there's a lot to be said there. You know, in the old days, in the old days is when I was in my 20s, because um, now I'm 50 and I can't even hardly move my back right now. I'm jammed up like an old man. Um, but when I was in my 20s in Christian circles, I would hear, well, you know... Um, you know, we can either choose to be homeschooled, we can choose to go private, or we can choose to go public. And so the people that actually chose to go public would say, we're going to do it as a missionary endeavor with our kids. Okay, I, I understand that. But the times have changed now. That was 30-something years ago. And uh, that kind of mentality of, I'm going to send my kids into the wolf's den and try to have my fourth grader debate with an LGBTQ teacher is not happening, okay? Understand, what does it mean to be salt and light, okay? Because this is what the excuse was when they would send kids to these places. And again, 30 years ago, it wasn't this bad. I get it, I get it. So back then, the principal worked in some regards if you had the type of kid that could defend themselves in high school and hold to the line, that's fine. Now you're outmatched at every point, and the kids, the t even the teenagers, 
is, they are not at a peer level with the teachers and administrators or anything else. That's not a peer level. In order to be proper salt and light, you have to have the independent ability of, of that person to be almost on the same level when you're dealing with somebody. Because what happens is if a, if a, a student, we've seen this many times, starts going after the teacher as far as her beliefs or his beliefs, and the, the kid is doing a very good job apologetically dealing with that teacher, the kid gets written up, okay? That's not like what would happen out here on the sidewalk as you were debating an atheist or something like that because there's no penalty to it. So it's very difficult to be salt and light when you speak up and you get penalized. That's fine if you wanna do it and you're strong enough to do it, fine. But do you, is your kid like that? If he or she is not, they will be consumed by the overwhelming aggression of these teachers now. So I'm just telling you, we can't keep going on the old mindset that, well, it's the same as when I went to high school. No, it's not. It is radically different than when you and I went to high school, way off the chart. It's stress-inducing to even attend and step foot on a campus, even the private schools. The people tell me that even in the private schools, so-called Christian, you have to dress a certain way, you have to act a certain way, you have to go with the flow, and most of the kids are leftists, even though they attend Christian schools, and the anxiety and the pressure that's put on these kids that go to Christian private schools is unrelenting, let alone the public schools, okay? And, and I, I want to tell you that because that's the kind of teacher you're going to face right there. That's it. And again, this is, let me talk personally to you as a church body. I'm in the middle of a building program, okay? I've been neck deep in it for years. And, uh, you know, that's our goal, get out and finally have a permanent place. And here's the weird thing. Not weird or strange, but in the middle of this, God tells me, start a school. And I said, you gotta be kidding me. I'm in the middle of a building program. That's the last thing I need to do is start a school. Start a school now. Okay. Okay. So it goes against conventional wisdom to start a project like that at the same time you're building a building. But God didn't give me any leeway. He says, I need you to start a school to protect the children. And you will do it now. Okay. Okay. So we have taken more on than we could possibly imagine by at the same time building a building, we are starting a school. Hopefully it's going to be done and we can get it going by the fall. Okay. But I realize now why God did that because this school situation is getting worse and worse. It's irreparable. I, I don't have much hope for education in America anymore. It's ran by the federal, uh, the federal and the state. And this is the out on all of these guys. Well, I'm just following rules. This is what the state wants. I have to follow the state or I'm gonna get sued by the LGBT or I'm gonna be sued by this or sued by that. And I'm, I'm too afraid to make a move. So I'm just gonna do what I'm told to do. Great. That's the same the Nazis said at the Nuremberg trials. I was just following orders. You think that's gonna work for Jesus? I don't think so. You're gonna be held to an account 
For even though you did orders, you did something that was despicable and evil and you allowed it under your watch. You are gonna pay for that one. And that's what they don't realize. They cannot say, I was just following orders. That means I have no moral conscience whatsoever. So it ends, it stopped, and it has to start with you. In your family, it starts in the church, it starts in the community. No more messing with our kids, okay? And look what they're doing. They continue to start, keep doing this. So Disney produces a new movie called Ironheart, and they get this token trans kid to play the role. Of course, and the guy goes on, it's gonna be great for the kids to see a trans kid in this new Disney movie. Of course, because Disney grooms. Okay, here's another thing. Why do so many worship leaders look so gay? Why do so many pastors look gay? Look at them. Why? Why do they have to dress metrosexual? Why do they look like that? Look at Carl Lentz at the top. Look at those two buddies at the beach. That's Hillsong's, uh, one of his Hillsong's worshiper guys. These are metrosexual models just to see because that's how these pastors dress. But look at Stephen Furtick there. Why does he dress like that? And why do, why do the musicians look like that? You tell me. I don't know. Why does everyone want to look gay? Why do they want to dress gay? What is that? They look like they're from straight from San Francisco. Why, 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 are they, why are they that like that? Why do they have to look like this? What, what is the deal? You tell me. Are they gay? Are they projecting something out? Do they want to appear as gay when they look in the mirror? Hey, I'm going to go on stage and play Christian music, but I want to look gay. And I'm not trying to disparage anybody. I'm just trying to see there's a phenomenon in the church and I can't figure out where it's coming from. Maybe so. I don't know. I don't, add, I don't expect an answer from you, but I'm still debating this. Why is that? Why do they have to look this way? It's mass appeal. You got it. They're going with the, the trend. Right? They are hirelings, guys. They are hirelings pretending to be cool. What is that coming from, Bruce? Don't know. Satan. Every time I get against it, they get mad. So, what a hireling has to do. Wow. Is that me? Maybe? No? Oh, it is? Oh, something in the environment. Well, probably, demo that's, that's, that's demonic, Bruce. Thank you. You've just defined the demonic. Um, something in the environment. So what happens is the, the, um, the trend line goes, and this is the way they think that they can capture the goats is by looking and dressing a certain way rather than, and so rather than worship, uh, focusing on the internal, they focus on the external, okay? They dress a certain way to appeal to a certain crowd. So this is, this is what you start seeing. It's taking over the church. 
Yeah. And then you get this. If I can get to. Why do I show you this? Is to upset you, make your blood boil? No, I want to show you this because it's happening. People don't believe me when I tell them this, that this has become a trend in America and it's happening every week. And these people just sit there and watch this happen right in front of them, okay? It's a big problem. When you go to drag queen, like Philip Lee tells us, you're into the next step is child pedophilia, okay? That's the danger in this. So it doesn't just stay at this level. Now, we see churches folding around the country. And the Stanley Church has an open lesbian on their staff leading the LGBT ministry. I don't know what ministry that is. I, I don't understand that. What are you talking about? You have an open lesbian on your staff. Okay, so um, the article, the writer of this article uh, mentioned that this, Andy Stanley has been pro-gay for a very long time, okay? It all started back when he's with Charles, and that's a picture of Charles, and then you can see Andy in the back by the window, not window, but the, the dressing uh, board uh, lights as they put makeup on Charles Stanley. So um, as you can see there, it goes back. Now, let me explain something about North Point. Andy Stanley, this was years back, um, allowed a man to divorce his wife and then hook, ups, hook up with another man at North Point and then allowed them to be greeters. And his only caveat was, don't go with this guy as a gay lover until your divorce is over. Wow, is right. And this has put Andy Stanley on the level of a false teacher, obviously, okay? And with other things, okay? But this goes back to his daddy's days. And this, I think it's one of the reasons he hates his dad and rebelled against Charles Stanley. You know this, the Charles Stanley. Everyone knows Charles Stanley. Well, anyway, um, Andy was a little rebellious guy uh, on staff with uh, Charles Stanley. Andy thought he was gonna be the heir apparent and take over the ministry of Dr. Stanley. And he tried to, by the way. He tried to, but he was unsuccessful at that. One of the things he got upset about his dad was his dad's stance on the LGBT movement at the time. This was in the 90s. So what was happening, in, Charles Stanley's church is in Atlanta, okay? So in Atlanta, they had a gay parade that was gonna come by the church. And so Dr. Stanley decided, let's, let's, let's get out of here um, early, they, so they closed the churches down. They closed the First Baptist Atlanta down uh, probably the last service so that there wouldn't be any ruckus between his crowd and the LGB parade going through Atlanta, okay? So that's what Charles did. And he didn't like that. 
What Andy liked was he saw across the street the United Methodists, which were pro-homosexual, pro-gay, um, giving out cups of water to the, the, parade, the paraders of the gay pride movement. Okay? And so Andy said, I disagree with my father. I agree more with the, the pro-gay uh, United Methodist, which has been pro-gay for a long time, by the way. And in that article, that's really at the heart of the, the separation between Dr. Stanley and his son is Andy was going in that direction to begin with. So it doesn't shock me that today he has an open lesbian on his staff because that's the direction he was going when he was little. Now, what is that about? What, 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 what is this about? And this is what you have to understand about why people go awry. A lot of times people decide to apostatize because they're doing it as rebellion to their daddy. Everything his dad held, he went against and created North Point, which is nothing but a false church. He's a false teacher. And, and there's more to the story, you know, Charles Stanley's wife, and he got mad at, his, at Charles Stanley for not stepping down, and I know the whole controversy, but Charles Stanley's wife went crazy. She literally went crazy. And, um, uh, of course, there was a divorce that ensued. And uh, they said, well, he shouldn't be serving if he's been divorced and uh, take him out of the pulpit. But his congregation voted to keep Charles in there because they knew the extenuating circumstances with his wife, that it wasn't like Charles was cheating on her or wanting to leave her. He wanted to stay with her. But she became a maniac. She just went off the chart mental. And so the divorce ensued, and so Charles is still preaching to this day. But my point is, once you start seeing this, that sometimes rebellion is in the heart of the second generation, it's true. I've seen that. This guy thought he was the heir apparent, and he wasn't. Charles Stanley is still preaching today, by the way. He hasn't stopped. God bless Charles. He's still preaching the truth. But here's the thing. What, what describes this movement towards being pro-LGBT in the church? Well, um, there's a good article about the Ar Archbishop of York, uh, Stephen Contrell, now arguing that gay sex is okay as long as it's done within the context of a stable, faithful relationship, okay? Now, you and I are sitting there saying, this is insane, but this is, this is everywhere, guys, Okay? So in the, in the article, it, it, it traces this, and this is interesting, okay? Now, this is what Contrell says, okay? This is gonna blow you out of the water. Uh, and therefore, we, were, we see a committed, stable, faithful relationship between two people of the same sex. We are now in a position where those people can be welcomed fully into the life of the church on their terms. Their terms, I thought it was Jesus' terms, Oh, that's right. Laodicea means what? Rule of the people. Thank you. Rule of the people. Regarding the current rule for gay clergy to remain sexually abstinent, the archbishop told Crawley that the previous guidance will soon be rescinded. And I bet he's happy about that. And the church will soon issue a suite of resources known as prayers of love and faith that churches and clergy will be able to use if they wish. Did you understand what he just covered up by saying prayers of love and faith? What, what is that? What is, that's code for what? We're gonna practice homosexual practices. Thank you very much. 
under the term of prayers and love and faith. Okay, let's track the movement. Really, when apostasy hit the West, it's in the late 1800s after the Civil War, okay? That's when apostasy started hitting everything. It came to America from Germany into America society in, in the early 1900s, okay? But it originated in Germany, spread through all of Europe, and then headed West. This is the same thing that's affected Australia, New Zealand, and, and, and even South Africa, so basically what we consider Western societies, okay? Which Western society is another name for Judeo-Christian ethics, okay? So what happened is, and what happened is this, is in the late 1800s, after the Civil War, um, they went away from the saving gospel message and discipleship to a progressive social justice activism based on reason and science, not revelation from God concerning truth, okay? This is what happened. This is what we call the progressive movement, okay? We've had the progressive movements right now that's pushing wokeism in us. Well, this happened in the late 1800s, and what it was, notice, they took out revelation from God, truth of what God says. There's a man and a woman, right? Uh, marriage is between a man and a woman. Sex is between a man and a woman in the, in the, the binds of marriage. They went from that and went to um, science and reason as their only source of truth. And at that point, they went full, full on social justice activism, trying to um, address the ills of society to make all things equal. Okay, and that's where it started, okay? This then lends itself to eventually them advocating women being pastors and then advocating LGBT rights at the end of this. So we're in that last stage that they started in Germany about getting um, women pastors and LGBT rights. That's the problem we have right now. Okay, but I want you to think about this. The churches now are, are pushing a progressive social justice action. They're not pushing theology. They're not pushing how to get saved. They're not pushing hardcore discipleship. When's the last time when you went to these, these mamby-pamby churches that the pastor's pushing discipleship and he's confronting you about your discipleship? You won't hear it. You won't hear anything about that because it's part of the progressive movement that has entered the church. You're living in the era where the progressive movement has taken over the church. It's not just politics and society. It's in the church and social justice activism as a way of salvation, okay? It's social justice activism as a way of collective salvation. We will save the society. We will save the country. We will save the planet, those kinds of things. And this is now what's entered. And it ends up, creating social activism with LGBT, transgender, and now we have the formation of pedophilia in front of us. This is where the activism takes you in progressivism. It takes you to the pit of immorality because it's not revelation-based from God, it's demonic. And that's why you have this situation going on in in our churches. 
So you shouldn't be surprised when you see Jackie Lewis lecture the church on LGBT bedroom activities. Okay? Listen to this. This woman pretends to speak for God. We've redacted. We've taken our big law from God and boiled it down. And sometimes we've boiled it down in ways that are less the way Jesus boiled it down. Right? We'll, we, not you, but we, some parts of the church will hang out in Leviticus and hang out in Deuteronomy and be super concerned about whether a man lays down with a man or with a woman. And they'll read that scripture in Leviticus and they'll say, see this right here? This is wrong. And two paragraphs over from that will be also don't eat the pork. You feeling me? No. But, but we're not worried not. about the pork. Because by the way, pork lives matter, huh? No, we're not we're not worried about the pork. We're not worried about the pork because there's good fortune in pork, right? Bacon makes money. Well nobody's worried about the pork. Have those barbecue ribs at the holiday. Yay! We're not worried about the pork, but we're worried about this sex, right? We're worried about, we're not worried about the Jackie Spanx, but we're worried about sex. We're worried about the women. We're worried about the gays. We're worried about um, bedrooms. I was trying to see if I could say that better, but I can't. We're kind of obsessed with bedrooms (laughs) since Constantine, since Rome. Since, I'm just going to say, Jesus was not obsessed with bedrooms. Jews are not obsessed with bedrooms. Jewish people can't wait for the Sabbath to come. Because when it comes, they're going to have a really nice dinner, and then they're going to have sex. They're going to have it, and they're going to have fun with it. Yes, they are. And they'll be like, thank you so much for coming. Bye. See you you next week. Get out. And they go together, and they make love together. Because that's what they think God wants them to. I think God does. Okay, that is the most asinine explanation that I have ever heard on LGBT bedroom activities. Why are we worried about bedroom activities, she says. Because the Jews, they, they have their Sabbath and they go have sex after they have their Sabbath meal. What an idiot. What a complete idiot. But that's what sells, and they believe this. Now, let's explain things. You know, as good Bible students, is the prohibition of a man lying with a man or a woman lying with a woman just in Leviticus? No. You know it's in the dispensation that you're currently in, and it is forbidden. Okay. So is eating pork forbidden in this dispensation? No. So she is doing a clever art of trying to say, well, if you don't keep this law, how, uh, then how can you, why do you want to focus on this law? And your response should be, because I'm not in the Mosaic era, lady. I'm in the age of grace. Pork is now allowed, and sexual expression between homosexuals and lesbians is forbidden. End of story. Yes. Hold on one second, please. 
Yeah. How do you explain this to kids who are 16 to maybe 20 or 25 years old who understand the concepts of what we're talking about, but that we don't cherry pick? Because to them, it makes sense that it's an all or nothing because that's what they're being taught by their teachers to accept. How do we explain it in a way that their brains can understand because okay. they're not fully developed yet? Re- really simple. You, you refer back to the cross and anyone can understand the cross. And what do I mean by that? This is, this is the illustration you give to little kids. Do we now continue to bring animals to sacrifice in front of the temple? What will a child say? No. And you would say, that's right. You know why? Yes. Because Jesus died on a cross, he's the sacrificial lamb, and he's the final sacrifice. And that's why we don't sacrifice lambs. And then I would go on and say, and that's why we don't do a lot of things from the Old Testament, because Jesus satisfied the requirements for that. So that's why things are different now. And you just leave it at that. That is simple enough for a child to understand if you put that in terms of the cross of why we don't sacrifice animals. Every child will understand that, right? So keep it simple. You don't have to go any further than that. Just when they see that, they're like, oh, okay, yeah. That's why we don't do it. Jesus died on the cross. And that's all you really say. Because when he died on the cross, the Mosaic law was rendered inoperative, all of it. All of it is rendered inoperative. So what I'm doing is I'm using one example from the Mosaic Law of sacrificial animals. And that's enough for a child to understand. That's how I'd explain it, if that makes sense. Okay, questions before we go, uh, before a couple things. Yes, ma'am. I got to run a mic there, Dennis. If a gay female minister marries a couple, a man and a woman, is that marriage? <laughs> is that marriage? Is that marriage? Good? Yeah, uh, in, in one sense, yes, under state law. But is it marriage under God? Well, that's a different question. I don't believe so. Because you have to have the qualifications of what it is to be in a marriage. So they might be legal as far as the state's concerned, but as far as God's concerned, no. No, because you have to have the right, the right operation here, you know, the right functioning. So here's the thing. So this megachurch gets all kind of blast for what they just did. Megachurch is forcing members to sign a statement opposing transgenderism and homosexuality. And, oh, this is big news. I can't believe this guy's a homophobe hater. No, all, you know, he just made the news because he's a megachurch. We've had this in our own doctrines. So anyone that becomes a member of Rock Harbor, you already submit to this. Um, where where did, did I put my thing here? Yeah, okay. Here we go. So... RHC believes that sexual acts outside of marriage are prohibited as sinful. Consequently, RHC members must resist and refrain from any and all sexual acts outside of marriage, including but not limited to to adultery, fornication, incest, zoophilia, pornography, prostitution, masturbation, voyeurism, pedophilia, expedition, sodomy, polygamy, polyamory, sologamy, and same-sex sexual acts. Okay, that's in our statement of faith. If you become a member, that's what you subscribe to. Sexual identity. RHC believes that God created mankind in his image, male and female, sexually different, but with equal personal dignity. Consequently, RHC members must affirm their biological sex and refrain from any and all attempts to physically change, alter, or disagree with their predominant biological sex, including but not limited to elective sex reassignment, transvestite, transgenderism, or non-binary, queer, uh, genderqueer acts of conduct. Second, third, 
sexual orientation. RAC believe that God created and ordered, and ordered human sexuality to be permanent, exclusive, comprehensive, conjugal, one flesh, union of man and woman, intrinsically ordered to procreate in, biological, in, in a biological family and furtherance of the moral, spiritual, public good of the binding of binding father, mother, and child. Consequently, RHC members must affirm the sexual complementarity of man and woman and resist any and all same-sex sexual attractions and refrain from any and all sex, uh, same-sex sexual acts and conduct which are intrinsically disordered. Okay, so this guy's getting a bunch of heat, but he's, he's doing something he should have done a long time ago. Well, God bless him for doing it. My kudos to him. But, we put this in many years ago because we knew this fight was coming. And we knew the legal fights would come as well. Because what you have to prove in a state law is that you had these in your documents for a long time and that you just didn't put them in because you were threatened by some uh, transgender or lesbian couple or gay couple wanting you to marry them. Okay? Because if the court sees that when this was inserted, they'll say, aha, that's retaliatory. So we put this in there a long time. So you're protected, but everybody that joins Rock Harbor subscribes to that. So we already have the statement. We already tell people where we're at, and it is what it is. If they don't like it, it's tough. But this is where we're having to go. Now, what he's doing, he's forcing his members to sign. Well, if you become a member, you've signed up to anyway. But the point is, it's gotten this bad. It's gotten this bad that the guy has to formally make a, a presentation and make everyone sign it because his congregation is a mega church and he doesn't know where everyone's at. And he's probably gonna lose a lot of people because of that. So anyway, that's the state of affairs. Yes, ma'am. Uh, this is close to the question about the pastor. If a pastor, or a want-to-be pastor is not an ordained minister... Uh, and the church votes him in, is he a pastor? Well, that's <laughs> the problem. Um, many churches, even here in town, the guy is self-proclaimed, okay? Um, and look, I'm not saying that, that you have to have formal education, or but you do have to have some education, whether it's formal or informal. But what does what licensing and ordaining mean? Let me explain this. Licensing means, okay, according to the state of California, you can marry and bury, okay? Big deal. Um, but it also means that um, I, I, I perform sacerdotal functions in a church. So I'm considered a minister in training, really. That's what a license means. Ordaining means that that church or some church has seen the talents, the gifts that God has given the individual, the education, they can rightly divide the word. And it's that church's stamp of approval that yes, we affirm the gifts and now we're ordaining you to ministry. So license is not ordaining. It's you're in practice now and we're gonna watch you. So when a person gets ordained, they have to do it from a legitimate authority. A, full, uh, a functioning church that's healthy and well-balanced. And then that authority then is given to that individual at, by the laying on of hands. That's what the laying hands do is give authority. And then that person is fully ordained at that point in time. Okay, 
So simple licensing doesn't make you an ordained pastor because you lack authority. Authority is a big deal in the spiritual realm. So you get a lines of authority from legitimate churches, okay? I was ordained. I went through my testing. I went through, uh, as a church, uh, tested me before I started Rock Harbor. I was tested with theological questions. And then the men laid hands on me and ordained me. Okay, that's after years of proving myself. So I've been legitimately ordained, and that legitimate ordained gives me authority, okay? So that's why I can start Rock Harbor with that authority. I'm just not some doofus that got uh, 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 some license in, in Las Vegas, and now I can marry and bury. That's, that's what happens in some of these churches. I'm sorry. That's, they buy their religious degree online. They get their licensing from Las Vegas. And they say, I'm a pastor and I'm gonna start a church. And they're like, who are you, man? We don't even know who you are. Well, I love Jesus. And that's how it starts. And you have these fictitious pastors getting in the pulpit and they, they're, they're horrible. They're counterfeit. They're hirelings. They just, they're not legitimate. You know? And again, I'm not saying that someone has to go to seminary like I did. But I'm saying you got to have some formal training, uh, whether that's informal or whatever. But then you have to have a legitimate authority give you the authority. It passes through like that. That's what the whole idea, idea of the apostles laying hands on the deacons and, and, uh, and commissioning other pastors by the laying on of hands, according to, to Paul. Okay, so to your point, if that hasn't occurred, the person doesn't have legitimate authority. Now, they can function as a pastor and pretend to be a pastor, but they don't have authority. And I'm telling you what, you go into the spiritual realm without proper authority, you're going to get throttled. Because even the demons and, and the fallen angels respect authority. Okay? And that's a big deal. So... Now I possess that authority and I've given that authority out to some of our pastors. We have some that are licensed, not ordained yet. And we have some that I have ordained. That means they have legitimate authority that's passed to them, that passed to me. And so I just keep passing that on as I see who qualifies. So when you, you look at a startup like Rock Harbor, we started with legitimate authority, Okay. It wasn't me in my basement saying, I'm gonna be a pastor. It wasn't that, okay? But unfortunately, that's what's happening until you have hirelings. And what do they do? They're everything a hireling would do. Okay, questions. Where am I at? I gotta I get a mic to her. <clears throat> and if one of these counterfeit pastors are called out and they don't, get right, isn't there hell to pay for that <laughs> wannabe pastor? Well, if they're saved, then there's gonna be a loss of rewards. If they're fake, their degree of torment in hell will be worse, absolutely. Second Peter chapter two. Yeah, so you have that. So you have to know what you're dealing with. Some of them are saved and they're just la la and, and crazy. Some of them are, are, are totally false, false shepherds and the lowest depths of hell are for, reserved for them. Okay, any other things? Yes, let's get a mic up here. Hey, 
Okay. Thank you. As many of you know, I ran for school board, uh, board of educators, and the meeting that he's talking about going to, we really do need you guys to be there. There's a multitude of issues that are being brought up. Bring your kids, let the school see, and let them let them have a voice too. You do have to show up, and like Terry said, you have to sign up, but you'll want to be there about 6.15 to be able to get your name on the list and, and have an option to talk. Um, a lot of you don't know what's really happening in the school, and when you go and you hear this, beyond just this one teacher, um, I've walked the halls at a couple different high schools, and I've seen girls dressed as cats who are wearing dog collars and boys are leading them around on leashes. There is attire that's completely inappropriate that becomes more of a BDSM kind of attire. And the problem is, is the schools aren't doing anything because the parents aren't fighting them, so they just let it go. But parents don't know this is happening because parents aren't having those conversations with their kids because they didn't know they needed to have them. The problem is, is... They're seeing this stuff on TikTok. If you start going on TikTok, a lot of us said, I'm not going to do TikTok. I don't want to know. You want to know what's going on in your kids' lives and what's going on at their schools, you need to go on TikTok. And you need to start watching what they're seeing. And you're going to see a serious problem. And if the churches don't start showing up in mass numbers, you're not going to see any changes. So you need to go and you need to listen. You don't have to talk, but you at least have to listen and hear what they're actually saying and this is the first board in years that might actually make a change. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We had another question. Yeah. Hi. Um, I just wanted to ask a question from our the first hour, if that's okay. Sure. Otherwise, yeah. Go for it. Uh, I don't know if it's a question or if you can just direct me. I'm going to do the best I can in okay. explaining. Okay. I know you were explaining to us that... Um, the American um, leaders or our government is trying to flip the, the biblical um, beliefs of the, our country and then obviously throughout the world. Um, they want to make it a one world. Yes. And um, I know through for the United States, they're trying to destroy that mm -hmm. and um, using the woke and LGBTQ yeah. and so on. Yeah. So, um, you know, ever as soon as the Biden administration, as soon as... Um, Biden became president. He let the um, the the borders wide open. Yeah. And so what I'm haven't heard yet if his the agenda is the part of that to destroy the the Americans, the American citizens, by um, throwing their agenda down our throats, and we're fighting that. Yeah. And for these illegals that are coming. They're being, they are um, um, in the government's um, mercy and uh, gratitude for allowing them to come to the United States. And um, they will follow whatever agenda they have because they are gracious that they are provided for yeah. um, all the, um, what's the word I want to say, provided for whatever needs they need to to be part of the American American um, culture, yeah. so I was just wondering if um, that's part of the oh. Biden administration. I'm sure it is, but I just uh, yeah, just you, haven't heard a, 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 yeah. a depth in depth about that. Sure, it's absolutely part of the agenda um, to have so much illegal aliens coming through the border and taking American. Uh, 
assistance from the government, third-party spending, obviously. So come here and have a baby, uh, come here, get medical, come get free education, come get everything free, okay? And the taxpayers fund that. But the overall intention comes from the globalists, okay? The globalists knew they had to collapse America. So the first, that first they started, well, we have to collapse America from the inside. So the first thing we're gonna do is gonna get rid of their Judeo-Christian ethics. The second thing we're gonna do is overwhelm the system. It's a Cloward and Piven strategy developed at Columbia University. And the Cloward and Piven strategy includes overwhelming any system so that it collapses, and then out from the, the ruins of that, you create a new system, a new world order out of this. So the unmitigated illegal immigration that has been coming through our border, and then since the Biden administration, it's, it's, every, it's just wide open. We had 400 and something, 56 arrests of criminals in the month of January at the border of just full-blown criminals, child molesters, rapists. Okay, so the strategy is they want to collapse America so that we will go to a regional system that includes Canada and Mexico, okay? That's the intent, is to make a North American union. Now, Biden just came out in January and said, we're forming this North American union, whether you like it or not. So that's already at foot. And so Trudeau, the, the, the Mexican president, and Biden are fully on board on this. Okay, so in the documentation that it says uh, about the North American Union, and all you have to do is go on to whitehouse.org, and you will f- just put in North American Union, and you will pull up the document. Okay, in the document, they want to pull the resources, basically, of all three countries to handle what we call illegal aliens, and they call them migrants. Um, and, and in doing so, we will eventually not be able to afford it, and they know it, and their intention from the globalist standpoint is to collapse economically the system so that Biden or any president in power will be able to say, okay, guys, um, we can't sustain this. We're going to have to align with tr- uh, Mexico and Canada to handle all of this, all these people wanting to come here because we're an open society and we want them to have the same freedoms and enjoy the same freedoms we want. And so they're going to curtail, uh, sorry, couch it in terms of this is for being merciful to people, like you just said. And it's not mercy, it's not real mercy. But the real intent is to collapse our society. Now, let me go further. When you look at what illegal aliens do to our country, is there's several things that happen. They bring in, number one, their political ideologies, whether that's Muslim or whether that's liberation theology that's really a form of Marxism. So they bring in that ideology, which is un-American and unconstitutional. Okay, that's number one. The second thing they bring in is their religion. They do not have a Judeo-Christian background. They have, many from the Latin American countries, have liberation theology, which is not Christianity. Okay, so you have that. Then we do not ask them to assimilate. Because we th- they say that's racist to assimilate. Okay, let me ask you this. They're using the Tower of Babylon in reverse. So when God wanted to divide the world, what did he do? 
What's the first thing he did? Change the language. Okay. Because language unifies. So in America, the English language was meant to create the melting pot because we had a common language. Okay, and that was the melting pot aspect of bringing in from people everywhere in order to communicate, you have to have one language. When you ask people not to learn the language and you give them everything in Spanish or you give them everything in Islamic, or sorry, Arabic, and you give them everything in Filipino or you give them everything in, in Russian or you give them everything in German or whatever the language is, it doesn't matter. The more languages you introduce into the culture, and do not have them learn the official language of that nation, you will divide the nation. Because language divides. Language unifies, but it also divides. So they're using the Tower of Babel in reverse to divide. Second, because you won't assimilate, and ex- or sorry, fourth, assimilate and accept the values of the Judeo-Christian ethic, you run the risk of tribalism happening in America, which is already here. What is tribalism? Because these groups won't assimilate, they stay in their tribe. They stay in the ghetto. They stay whatever you want to call it. And they stay there. They never learn the language. They never come out. They never uh, move past these er- uh, the areas in which they are in. And they stay in our country as a tribe That cannot happen if you're going to have unity in your country. So now we have tribalism everywhere. Okay, Everybody's got their own group. Everybody's got their own identity. Everybody's got their own language. You have basically a divided nation. So the long answer to that that is yes, it's on purpose. It's meant to destroy the United States so we can go global. Okay, we got to get out of here. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for what we can learn tonight, all the crazy stuff happening. But help us be prepared, as Paul mentioned, for perilous times. Help us to know our doctrine. Help us not be calloused. Help us to be be, uh, willing to stand for the truth in these these crazy times. Help us to be counted, uh, even even though everyone else is being a coward, not stepping up, not standing up. Help us to do the work you've given us to do. And we thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you guys. We need help setting up for the ladies thing tomorrow night, if you can hang out. Thanks for joining us for another lesson. We hope that this message is a blessing for you and helps you grow towards a more mature understanding of God's word. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website at rockharborchurch.net. Until next time, remember, keep looking up for our redemption draws near.